0: What is going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the Green Bay narrative a show where it is my job each week to sit down with a different fan to hear their stories as always I'm your host Ben on today's episode episode number 49 I am joined by a good friend of mine named Tim Tim and I during our conversation talk about how he became a Packers fan despite not being from Wisconsin his first Packers game his first trip to Green Bay Uh, their packers bar that they have in ohio and so much more it was awesome sitting down hearing tim's story uh tim is someone that i met through my page and have gotten a no sense and got an opportunity to meet in person which was really awesome really excited for you to all hear his story without further delay let's get into it with tim enjoy And I am joined by Tim, my last ever guest on the podcast. So stoked to have you on, man. I know we've been talking about this for a while. I really wanted you to be my last guest. Uh, So I'm thankful, forever grateful that you agreed to it. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Ben, I'm so honored. So honored, in fact, that I uh, had a little bit of support (laughs) way in your honor. So... (laughs) <laughs> That's yeah, my uh, dinner tonight. So I'm looking forward to talking <laughs> to you, man.
0: That is that is the highest honor on my side. Um, I, I, I like you and I were talking about I off, off the air. I ended my, I had to be going about eight months straight of Chipotle every Friday, and and that has come to an end now. And I'm I'm retiring it. I'm hanging up my jersey for the time being, unless Chipotle wants to send me free food. Uh, there you go. So to start things off, where are you from?
1: I am from the lovely state of Kentucky, uh, actually northern Kentucky, which is just across the bridge from Cincinnati. Um, We're probably about five miles south of where the Cincinnati Reds play, so when the Reds happen to win a game, we can hear fireworks, so we don't hear fireworks very often (laughs) in this town. So.
0: Oh, that's funny. I know zero about baseball, so I'm glad you made that joke because I, I would have just asked you if they win or how good they are because I know zero about baseball. Correct,
1: um, correct. So yeah, how, I'm not a big baseball guy either, so we can move on from
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you become a Packers fan then being from Kentucky or being from that area?
1: It's interesting. I uh, I became a Packer fan. Uh, my roommate from college was from mayville wisconsin and uh that's yeah i guess it's by the horicon marshes i believe i don't really know that area too well but i think it's within like 30 minutes of fond du lac maybe okay and uh so we used to go visit them up in mayville and uh they were right down the street from this little cheese factory and we would go to the little cheese factory and they would have all this packer stuff all over the place and uh so then we would go up to uh, Dora County and on uh, the way to Dora County, of course you have the uh, beautiful city of green Bay. And we drove past the stadium and at first I was kind of like, Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, and all that good stuff. And then we'd go ahead and take our trips to Dora County. And then after spending two or three times up there, the the whole fan base was different than what I was used to. And that being said, I, I was, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals at that time were actually pretty popular because I believe in 88, 89, I think is when they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, so there was a lot of talk about Cincinnati football at that time. And the Packers weren't really that that good at the time. And, and the Magic Man, Don Mikowski, was the quarterback there. And um, I just got to know the people up there. How super cool everybody was, I loved the history when I, I I was always kind of a history buff and when I get into the history of what the Packers meant to that state and city up there it, it just got it kind of consumed me and i I really started following uh the Packers then and I started watching Mikowski. and then i I remember <clears throat> watching the uh in nineteen ninety two when the Bengals came up there to play the Packers and I was the only friend that or the only guy there amongst all my friends who was rooting for the Packers. And at the time I didn't necessarily, I wasn't like 100% Packers, but I was starting to get really into it. And uh, so I kind of was like, ah, the Bengals suck and this and this and this. (laughs) And uh, so lo and behold, we watched that game and that winds up being the game where we see the premiere of Brett Favre and the magic man goes down with the injury and Brett Favre comes back and leads the Packers to a a victory there at the end. And that was kind of the spark that really ignited my fandom. And uh, since that day, I've been a pretty much a diehard fan ever since. And actually the last 20 years, just a super diehard fan. So it's been a fun ride so far. That,
0: that's interesting that it, it all kind of started, really the fandom ignited with Brett Favre, uh, given, you know, I've heard a lot of different stories, and it seems like that game or that moment was a lot of uh, people's turning points because you saw this electric quarterback or this this kid just looked excited to be there. Um, yes, with, with you yeah. being from Kentucky, was it hard to keep up with them when they were playing, since they weren't prime time? Or I don't know if NFL Network or NFL Red Zone or anything existed no, at that
1: early point. Early on, it was extremely tough. And actually, you know that game I was able to see because it was the Bengals and the Bengals were on the road, and that game was televised. And and it was kind of funny because I was actually really frustrated because I was a big I was a big Magic Man fan, and I actually was. Uh, I followed him quite a bit. And then when he got hurt, I was like, oh, crap. We're going to get killed. Bengals are going to kill us. And my buddies are going to make me crow and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And there's like, who is this? Everybody was like, Favre, who's this Favre guy? And, uh, you know, he comes in and, uh, you know, the rest is history, so to speak. And it, it was just kind of a funny way to lead into to being a fan, you know, really. And even though I was a fan a couple of years prior. That was kind of the uh, icing on the cake that really got me obsessed, so to speak, as my wife would say.
0: So with with really your fandom starting with Brett Favre, I know we're jumping ahead a lot of history here. What was that moment like for you then in 2007 when he announces his retirement? Just kidding, no I'm not. Packers trade him to the Jets. What was your first reaction there?
1: Oh gosh, you know, I think you and I talked about this the last time we saw each other in person, but, uh, you know, gosh, I went through quite a few different emotions. Um, uh, at first I was really super pissed at him and then I kept, you I'm kind of like, gosh, dude, are you going to retire? You know, every, every year is this, we're going to have to go through this. And it was really, if you remember, it was tough for the fans because we didn't want him to retire, mm-hmm. but every summer it was the same old thing of, uh, I don't really think I want to play anymore. And then the season would start. Boom. There he comes again. And, uh, you know, and then when he had his little tearful retirement, uh, meeting, I really felt the same way. And I was like, Oh gosh, man, this is just this end of an error and a little bit heartbroken. And then of course he, uh, when, then when he goes to the Vikings, it was like getting stabbed in the chest, so to speak. Uh, but I still had this, you know, it's so weird. I still had this little tiny bit of me that still wanted him to be successful, even when he was with the Vikings. And, uh, you know, not when he played the Packers, but when he went to the Super Bowl against the the Saints, I was very anti-Saints. And, you know, and the weird thing was I was very angry at that game when they kind of the way they went at him and uh, you know, you found out later that they were purposely trying to break his ankle and they had all the, what was it? The bounty gate or whatever mm-hmm. that was. And, you know, so that rubbed me the wrong way, but I was, I, I went through all these different emotions, Ben. It was more of a, I hated him for a couple of months and then I didn't hate him, but I was still upset with him. And, um, now I'm pretty much over it. Now I <laughs> really doesn't, I because I, I, I have this philosophy that the Packers of today, as we know them would not exist without him. Mm. And uh, I think he has a huge part uh, into in, why we have title town being built there uh, next to Lambeau and, you know, the sled ride Hill and all the, all the bars, all that stuff is, you know, who knows what have happened? Would we have gotten Reggie white, you know, all these things, make me just wonder uh if any of that would have happened and gosh i gotta owe some of that to brett Favre, and then of course uh ron wolf as well absolutely it's, you know the huge huge player having the wisdom to bring him in and just the foresight to take that take him from the falcons and you know the rest is history so yeah so i'm some kind of mixed but i i don't there's a lot of people that are still angry about it but i'm not so angry about it
0: you know, I'll even go back and say thanks to the previous general manager who drafted Tony Mandrich instead of, say, Brett, uh, Barry Sanders or Dion Sanders. Because if you think about it, that chain of events, in my opinion, kind of started there. Because if you take Barry Sanders, that GM probably doesn't get fired nearly as quick. Nope. Ron no. Wolf doesn't you're come exactly in. Right. He doesn't see Brett Favre, doesn't bring Brett Favre over. I mean, you take Barry Sanders and who knows maybe you go the route of the Lions where you don't have a quarterback, but you have this amazing running back. Um right. so you're you're hundred percent correct when you say it's just that chain of events of like Ron Wolf and then Brett Favre, Reggie White, and then it just builds into something great. And Reggie White coming obviously opened up the door for all these other free agents to see that this was a great place to play and not yep. just uh, a Siberian wasteland.
1: Oh, yeah. And then, and then the other reason, if you think about it this way, to take that whole thing another step further, Ben, you know, if Brett Favre would have not kind of him hauled around about retiring three or four different times, would the Packers have really gone after Rodgers when they did? Yeah. Or would they, or would they have waited another year? and you know who knows i mean maybe maybe they do and maybe we don't get rodgers i don't know but uh it's it's interesting thing to think about
0: in those those chain reactions of what could happen um do you know that or did you know that um was it 1996 the 1997 draft the packers i believe were at 26 overall mhm is that so, that doesn't sound right But
1: 1997.
0: uh, Well, it was the so here's where I'm going with that. I don't know the number. I guess isn't important. Maybe it was the 1996 draft. Um, But Ray Lewis was drafted one spot ahead of the Packers, and the Packers like were calling him to let them know they were going to draft him, and then the Ravens called him instead to draft him one spot ahead.
1: Actually, I did not know that. Which That is interesting.
0: Which, I mean, talk about a chain reaction for them on their end. Ray Lewis pretty much oh, won yes. them two Super Bowls.
1: Absolutely. So, Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird how things happen. That's why, you know, I get excited draft season every single year just for that reason. Because you just never know if you're going to get that one person that's going to put you to the promised land. You yeah. Know?
0: Now I'm not a I'm not a big college person. I'm not one that watches a ton and watches the draft stuff. Um, but so I mean I don't I don't know if you do or not or if you're up on it. But any any players that you'd be interested in the Packers drafting or that you want them to take or even a position you know, at
1: twelve. We're not going to get him, but you know I, I might be a little biased because I watched him play every weekend. But uh, Josh Allen from Kentucky is absolutely amazing. I think the problem is he's probably going to go either two, three, or four Mm -hmm. in the draft, and I don't think we're going to trade up to that. But uh, he would be my standout pick. I mean, you're talking about a a pass rushing machine. He's got the speed, the height, the quickness, the strength. I mean, he doesn't really have any weaknesses in his game, and uh, gosh, what a difference maker he would be on that field.
0: That you know, and that's the weird part about being a Packers fan, if you think about it, we haven't had a high pick, uh top five pick since what, AJ Hawk, maybe?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's probably correct. And you know, and A. J. Hawk was not I mean, he was okay, he was serviceable, but he never did pan out like everybody thought he would. You no,
0: know? not not for a top five. Uh, no. Yeah, so it it should be exciting. Um, I'm really So at 12, are you wanting them to go pass rush then if if your boy Josh Allen's not there?
1: Well, actually, you know, at at 12, if they stay at 12, I'm going to be honest, man, I'm going to say pick the absolute best player left. Period. I don't care if it's an offensive lineman, a defensive guy, whoever it is, take the best player. Um, You know, I I just think, I think Goop kind of... uh, by trading, or uh, not trading, but uh, getting who he got in the free agency allows him to do that, I think. Mm-hmm. Had they not done what they did in free agency and shored up the edges and got their offensive linemen, uh, some things like that, so they really shored up a couple of things there, I think that now enables them to pick the best player in the draft. And I think ideally, the good teams, that's what they do. They they take the best player in the draft, not a specific uh, position per se.
0: Yeah, Gutekunst really put us in a prime spot to draft exactly that route. I kind of felt confused listening to free agent news this year when you know second day comes around and all of a sudden Packers are signing every player. It seemed like you know where for the last ten years that's not been the case.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Have you uh, watched anything on the new free agents? Uh, have you like some of the videos on Zadarius, uh Smith? I mean, he seems like he's super, super excited to be here. And uh, that's what I want. That's pretty cool when you see that. And uh, I've checked out his Instagram quite a bit. And, you know, he's always got good things to say. Seems like a sharp cat
0: yeah I, I read that what he he got the contract offer, drove 12 hours to tell his mom she could retire, and then bought her a mm-hmm. house
1: and bought her a house
0: yeah and yeah. Then he, and yeah. then he tweeted that she went back to work right after that, and he's just like scratching my head, you know, kind of kind of a funny yes. thing, you know uh, but yeah, it seems't I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It seems like great head on his shoulders, so excited to be here and he's going to be one of those guys that I think is going to give you everything he has every play.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. For sure.
0: So I I know being that you're from the Kentucky area, one of your favorite players was obviously Randall Cobb, uh, who had a great career with the Packers. What was what was going through your uh, heart or your mind this offseason to see him go to Dallas now instead of sticking around in Green Bay?
1: You know what? He, in my opinion, he couldn't have gone to a team – that it would have hurt me any worse. <laughs> Even the Vikings, I despise the Dallas Cowboys so bad. What uh, What makes
0: you dislike them so much?
1: You know, um, number one, their fans. Their fans are. It, it's funny. Steeler fans are great. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of problem with Steeler fans. In Cincinnati, they hate the Steelers, and uh, you know, I don't like the Steelers, but. Uh, but the Dallas Cowboys, you know, I I have my corporate headquarters. We're in uh, Irving, Texas, which used to be right next to the Cowboy Stadium, and I have so many coworkers that they mouth off constantly. Uh, the Cowboys, this Cowboys, this Cowboys, <laughs> it. it drives me insane, and uh, and they're always bashing the Packers constantly, and it just and I don't sit there and bash them, but you know. I'll get tweets and Facebook messages and texts and it's just uh Packers suck and constant memes. Uh, these, these guys send more memes than <laughs> it, it's just, I, I didn't even know there were that many memes out there, but they find every anti-Packer meme that you can possibly find. So yeah, I don't have a lot of love for the Cowboys, but Randall Cobb, I, I love Randall Cobb. I love his statement when he left, how classy that was. Um, you know, He's another player. I watched him at Kentucky, and he played his tail off there. And, you know, he played quarterback and running back and receiver and kickoff return, punt return. He did it all. And, uh, you know, he' a little bit slow in the pros. I don't think he ever was fast. But he had some good moves, uh, and he ran some good routes. But uh, just the injuries killed him there at the end. And, uh, you know, watch – Insult to injury. He'll probably have an awesome year with the Cowboys, and it really pissed me off. Then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you you hit the nail on the head there. Um, he's always been good for us, and really good, and when he's healthy. But the problem the last few years is keeping him on the field for 16 games a year. That's correct. That's he, correct. You know, this year I, I said that I supported the idea of them keeping Cobb over Jordy. However, then when he's hurt most of the year, then you, you question your, your belief there. If Okay, did they make the right decision? Would Jordy have been pretty serviceable in the same type of role and still been there for 16 games?
1: Uh, I agree. I know. And what the weird thing is, is you got to play the numbers because Cobb was, what, 20? At the time, I think he was 27 or 28. Uh, I think, what is he, 28 or 29 now? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and, and Jordy was quite a bit older. And, uh, as a receiver goes, I, they felt like, you know, with him being 27, 28, that he had at least two or three more years left. And, and then, you know, I think he's got another year, maybe two left in him, uh, if he's in the right offense and, uh, used properly limited, uh, type role stuff. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be the kick-ass slot receiver in Dallas that, uh, it surprises me. So. But I wish him best of luck. I hope he does great, and I hope the Cowboys suck.
0: And we'll always have the memories of him killing the Bears.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, Absolutely. The Bear Killer.
0: Yeah, you were the first person I thought of when I heard Cobb sign there because I was like, oh, I wonder how Tim's doing with uh, his yeah, Kentucky guy yeah. going going there. So, uh,
1: Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah, it was a bummer. It's been kind of an interesting transitional period I think for all of us seeing a lot of players retire that we really come to know and you know you see Jordy leave and Cobb leave and you know TJ Lang just retired and you know you're seeing these guys I mean we're all getting old but uh, man it's just kind of sad and stuff like that when they move on but you know I'm looking forward to the new guys as well so
0: yeah, I think what kind of cements them in our minds is obviously the Super Bowl and uh, as, as much as you don't want to believe it, the fact that it was nine years ago, and right. you think that it just—it feels like it just happened two years ago. Yeah. But a lot of time has passed since then, and to to see that, what you got—Mason, Tremont, and Balaga, and Rogers—the only players left from the XLV team.
1: That's it. Three players.
0: Yeah, it's yep. it, yeah, it's crazy, crazy that those. Oh, no. are...
1: uh, uh Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Mason Crosby, yeah. Uh, And then when you see that uh, Sports Illustrated uh, illustrated, uh, cover that had Rodgers with all the receivers, and no one is left. Every single person is gone except for Rodgers. And that's, oh my gosh, that's a little hard to look at.
0: Well, and right now then, uh, Cobb's the only other one left in the NFL other than Rodgers too, which just shows how how short an NFL career
1: actually is. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. That's, that's a good point.
0: That's crazy. And before you know it, as uh, sad as it is to say, we'll be having a different conversation about Rogers press conference and what's going to happen next.
1: Yes, I know. I know. And I hope that's not sooner than later. That, right. My fingers are crossed. You know, I hope, I hope for a little rebirth here, but, uh, time will tell with, uh, with Mr. LaFleur in there. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. You know, and
0: I think the big difference and you, you hit it earlier is Favre was talking about retiring every single year. And so far Rogers hasn't even hinted at anything. You know, he's saying, I want to play at least till 40, right? which is kind of a nice thing to see when you had Favre, who was toying with it every single year to get training camps off and mini camps off and just be able to show up and play. Us.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm excited about that, especially because I don't like this year's quarterback draft. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at it, I'm like, "Oh Lord, please don't draft a quarterback this year," because I don't really, I don't think high of any any of them. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be a sleeper or two that comes out of it, but I mean, yes, for the most so. part, it's it's really a tough situation, and I'm really interested if if the Cardinals are going to take uh, Kyler with the number one pick and dish out Rosen. I, I don't. Really I think know they what... will.
1: I think they will. I just hope Rosen doesn't end up at New England like they're talking about. I heard that tonight. I was like, oh, boy. Josh Rosen to New England, that would be interesting, you know? Yeah. The heir apparent to Tom Brady.
0: Yeah. I know. mean, that's – yeah, you wonder. And you know the Patriots would get him for like a six-round pick or something.
1: Yes, they, exactly. They, they would exactly finagle right. it. <laughs> that's right. How, yeah. Steal of the deal.
0: I don't know how they do it, but every time they do it, it's it's crazy.
1: That's for sure. That's for sure.
0: So, you you become a fan ninety two watching Brett Favre. When did you actually attend your first Packers game?
1: My first Packer game was the. Actually, was it was interesting. I didn't get up to Lambo for an actual game until two thousand eleven. And uh, that happened to be the Packers Giants playoff game, oh, and in uh, which was very disappointing. You know, uh, you know the results of that game. Yeah, and uh, that was the Eli Manning Hail Mary before the half. <laughs> yep, and it's like we could do nothing right that day, and it was cold and miserable. And uh, but I mean, I'm glad it was cold because that's kind of the way I wanted my first Lambo experience to be. And it was so cool because, you know, we, I got on eBay and I bought parking tickets for someone in back of someone's yard. <laughs> and, uh, so we get there and I've got the address and I, uh, pull in the guy's yard and he waves me in and I'm with my son and my son, Josh was, uh, I guess he was 15, I believe 14 or 15. And, uh, he, um, He's sitting there with me. And all of a sudden somebody knocks on my window real hard. And, uh, are like, Hey, what's up? You're a Kentucky wildcat fan. Huh? And I'm like, yes, sir. Cause I had a little, uh, I just had my Kentucky license plate on the back. And I think I might've had a Kentucky sticker or something on the back. And, uh, he says, damn it. I'm a Michigan state fan. He goes, but you're, it looks like you're a Packer fan too. So get out of the car and drink a beer with us. <laughs> and so, so, so I get out of the car, shake these guys' hands. <clears throat> they throw me a beer, throw my son a uh, a Sprite or a Coke or something like that. And uh, we stand there, and these guys are so cool, and they proceed to tell me how to prep for my first game. And they tell me to take cardboard in to make sure I stand on it. And like a dumbass, I left the cardboard uh, by my car, and we got into Lambo, and you know we've quickly realized why you want the cardboard <laughs> <laughs> so for those listening who aren't aware of that it's so your feet don't freeze on that concrete and man does that concrete get cold mm-hmm. and uh, and it gets cold really quick no matter what kind of boots or shoes you have on so my son and I learned the hard way with that but uh, the fans were super cool they found out it was our first game and they were telling all their buddies and they're high-fiving us and stuff like that. And since, uh, since that time, it's been an annual tradition. Uh, it's either me or my son or me and my wife or some friends or whatever. We always make uh, at least one trip a year to Lambeau and, uh, it's become quite the fun tradition.
0: So obviously that game wasn't what you wanted it to be, but what would you say is your favorite game you've ever seen in person?
1: Oddly enough, my favorite game I saw in person was when we beat the Cincinnati Bengals uh, last year, or the year before last, and uh, and the, that was the hottest game ever at Lambeau Field, and man, was it hot! <laughs> it was brutal. Degrees. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. I, uh, so, so kind of a quick backstory. Someone hit me up on Twitter. Um. And that was their first game they're ever going to. They hit me up on Twitter. This was before I even had my page because I started my page that year and he's like, "Hey, I'm coming to Green Bay. Uh, you know been following you for a while. Where are some good places to eat?" I gave him a ton of recommendations and then later that's what sparked me doing this page is I was like, well if if he needs to know this, I'm sure there's a lot of other people that want to know good places to eat, drink see in green bay why don't i build a website so because of him it sparked the whole page but i went to the stadium that day to meet him and kind of walk around and show him some things and man i left there and i was like let's get back into air conditioning i need to go get a coke um i need to i I was very thankful i wasn't at that game
1: yes it it was brutal i mean it it started it was it's funny how how it all happened is uh Me and a couple of buddies, uh, Dan and Randy, uh, kind of uh, helped coordinate this uh, group at our local bar in Kentucky called the Packers Fans of Greater Cincinnati. And uh, we started out uh, about three and a half, four years ago as kind of a small group. And we showed up and there was maybe seven or eight of us. And then now we've expanded to... Shoot at the Vikings game last year. Uh, We had 180 people in the bar. Wow! And it's just all Packers fans. The bar is decorated with Packer gear. You walk in there, and it is like you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And uh, people walk in that are have never been there before, especially Bengal fans or anybody else. And they walk in and they do like a double take, and they look around the room, and they're like, "Where the hell am I at? What is (laughs) like? Is this a Packer bar?" Like, "Yep, this is a Packer bar." So. That year, we took a group from uh, from uh, Cincinnati and Covington area uh, up. We rented a couple of uh, small buses, and we all drove up, got some hotel rooms, and got the tickets, and went and tailgated and did the whole experience. And you know, one reason for me that it's kind of a, a special one is I like seeing other people experience Lambo for the first time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get as much out of that as when I did for the first time. And uh, so my buddy, Dan, who it's, it's kind of cool. We, we had not seen each other for 30 years. We went to high school get together, had no idea he was a Packer fan. And uh, and we, we ended up hooking up just because of this Packer group. And now we've really rekindled a great friendship. And, uh, you know, he's been become one of my better friends to hang around with. And it's just been a great, great time getting to know him again and it's almost like daggone why are we so old now just getting back together right uh, hanging with each other (laughs) but uh we we stopped we got up there early and uh so we the day before the game we went into the pro shop and ben i kid you not you know you got the double doors you walk into the corner of the pro shop and you, you go through the first set and then you go through the second set and uh we go through that first set of doors and Dan looks at me and says, "Look at my arm." And I look down at his arm, and every single hair was standing straight <laughs> up in the air. And he had goosebumps—I mean, huge goose, like golf ball-sized goosebumps. I've never seen goosebumps so uh, so big. And that's how excited and thrilled he was, just walking into the Lambo gift shop. And uh, to me, that was priceless. That was just worth work the price of admission to see that kind of thing. And and now to this day, it's funny. When he tells people about his trip to Lambeau, his hair on his arm stands up every single time. And uh, you tell me another franchise that that happens with, and I don't think I believe you.
0: Right. That's, that's awesome. That is one of the best parts about being able to... Help people with their first trip or experience it with them as you kind of live vicariously through them again and your first yes. trip to Lambo.
1: You do. You do. So, so with them, we at this game, we get in there and it was so hot then that my wife and I, we don't deal with heat very well. We're, that's why we like Wisconsin a lot because we're, we're kind of cold weather people. And uh, so we had, uh, we were smart enough to get some plastic bags from the hotel. And we kept going back and getting ice and just throwing ice into these bags and sticking them down the back of our neck. And we were like the 20th row, like in a five-yard line or something like that. And uh, it was so brutally hot. We were baking right in the sun. And I don't think I ever want to go back to a game when it's hot like that. I'm more of a cold-weather football guy. But that experience in all was just fantastic, hanging with Randy. One of our other friends hanging with Dan and uh, Randy's wife and, and and all the rest of the gang that uh, we just got to know each other a lot on that trip and it was just a blast.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Dan's Dan's a great guy. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully meeting him here soon. Um, so, was it you two that started the Packers group? Then
1: it was uh, it was kind of weird. It was we heard about this. Place And there was, you know, Packers everywhere had the Rhine, Rhineland. there was a, I forget the name of this little bar in Cincinnati. They quoted themselves as a Packer bar. And uh, a couple of people had mentioned that that was a cool place to watch the Packers. And then another person said that they just went down to this place called Max to watch it. And uh, so we got on to Max Pizza. And sure enough, there was like three or four Packer fans there. And we met up with them and they were wearing their gear and all that good stuff. And we just kind of created this group internally, um, with whoever was in that group. Okay. Uh, there's like six or seven of us total. Well, then the following year we decided to organize this thing and turn it into a full fledged Facebook group and really take it to the next level. And that's what, and when it was me, Dan and Randy and, uh, and then another guy and we met. Um, and created the name Packers fans of greater Cincinnati. We came up with some t-shirts and some hoodies and all those sort of things. We started uh, pushing those to the group and uh, now we have, oh gosh, I want to say we have 400 members now. I, I can't remember uh, exactly what the number is, but there's a, just a huge group of us and uh, it's really fun. Um, we met a lot of great people. Uh, it's family friendly, so it's not just a bunch of drunken idiots, which, you know, if you want to come and chow down on the beer, you can do that. But it is uh, super fan friendly. People bring their kids. Uh, you know, it, it's just an overall great atmosphere. And uh, Max Pizza has been phenomenal at uh, supporting us, and they've even bought gear for us. You know, that's funny. The, uh, the husband and wife that owns it, they're Bengal fans, actually. And uh, they, they go to Las Vegas and uh, text us a couple pictures, and they're like, look what we're bringing home for you guys. And they've got two beautiful Green Bay Packer plaques. And they come in, and they put them on their wall in the bar, and, uh, I mean, they've helped decorate the place. We pretty much can hang up whatever we want to hang up. Uh, we've got a trophy shelf going in where we're going to put some uh, Packers memorabilia in there. So it's it's I mean we're all in. It's pretty cool, man.
0: That's that's fantastic. I mean, think it's really cool that they're embracing it and owning it and and realizing that by creating that niche market, they can get, you know, busy Sundays pretty much every Sunday that the exactly. Packers are on. It's re- really it's smart exactly. on their part.
1: It is. It is. It's smart on their part and it, it's nice because the bar is kind of divided up in uh Four different segments, and so if they do want to have the front part of the bar for the Bengal fans to come in, that's cool. But then the Packer fans kind of overwhelm the rest of the bar, and uh, and for the Vikings game, like I said, we literally filled the entire bar, front, back, sides, second floor, everything. I mean, it was just nothing but Packer fans and people were just shocked when they would walk into this place. So it's pretty cool. I think you have to come down sometime and we'll treat you well down here. Oh,
0: that'd be awesome. I think Dan sent me a video from the Packers game, or maybe I saw it on the group. Um, and that was insane. Like it, you, you're not even kidding. It looks like you're at a bar in Wisconsin. It was just packed.
1: It is. It's insane. We have a blast.
0: (laughs) That's so cool. Um, so, you know, with with this fandom that's exploded now over the last 20 years, we talked about a little bit about uh, the Super Bowl roster, but what was that moment for you like to witness your team when you're in full-blown fandom at that point win the Super Bowl? You know, after that injury-prone 2010 season, they still get hot at the right time and win it all.
1: Oh, man, it was... You have no idea. I'm glad my wife doesn't have a video of me. Uh, (laughs) At the time, this is how obsessed I was. I was so serious that I didn't want to go anywhere to watch the game. I did not want any company to watch the game. It was just me and my wife. And I was like, I don't want anybody around. I want to just take this whole thing in. Because who knows when it's going to happen again. And and then when uh, Charles Woodson went down... I was just on the floor. I mean, I was literally on the floor with my hands on my face going, here we go again, unbelievable. And uh, it was it was something because, I mean, we were dominating. I think we would have probably won at least by three or four touchdowns had Woods not gotten hurt in mm-hmm. that game, or at least probably three touchdowns. And that changed the entire course of that game and actually made it close when it really shouldn't have been close because we would have dominated that team. And um, so when he went down, it was a shocker. Of course, when Donald Driver went down early with his ankle, again, I was like, because you know me enough by now that Donald is my all-time favorite player. And uh, I I wanted him to have like a shining moment in that Super Bowl. And I just felt that he deserved it. So that was kind of heartbreaking for me. But uh, all in all, man, it was – it was quite the experience. I, I think my heart rate was super, super high, at least the whole second half. And uh, I went outside screaming after the game was over. <laughs> and I was just yelling to the top of my lungs for about 10 minutes. It was. My wife was like, you are insane. That's, that's <laughs> she's hilarious. a lot more to do than I am. So it, it was It was really fun experience. Super fun.
0: I, I'm going to admit to you something. Um, so today at work, I, I usually listen to stuff on YouTube, and for whatever reason, I must have been feeling nostalgic. And if you YouTube Packer's XLV reactions, there are a couple videos out there of like at Stadium View filming those last that last drive by the Steelers and the reaction of the crowd. There's like a five-minute one that gives me chills every time because they all start – they announce that the Packers are world champions and then We Are the Champions starts playing and everyone's um, hugging and crying and celebrating. So if you're ever yes. feeling like you want to have that nostalgia and, and kind of relive that moment, I, I, I highly recommend it. I
1: once, Ben, oddly enough, because my friend Randy, uh, one of the other guys that is part of our group, uh, he and his wife – made the trek up for the super bowl to stadium view. And that's where they watched the game was at stadium view. So they were a part of that video. And, uh, you know, they were, I mean, that's all I hear from them. Oh gosh. If they ever go to the super bowl game, instead of going to the game, we got to go up to Wisconsin, got to go up to stadium view. And, uh, of course stadium view is not the same stadium stadium view that it used to be, Mm -hmm. but, uh, still probably a cool experience to, uh, to go through that so
0: well the nice part of and that happened for the
1: rally when it was like uh oh gosh i forgot what the temperatures were but apparently when they won they had that celebration at lambeau and i think it was like three or four degrees does that sound right
0: it was miserable the coldest i've ever been at lambeau field
1: <laughs> yeah because because they were like they didn't mind the cold and they were like oh my god we could not hardly bear it. It was just awful.
0: <laughs> the the That's tough idea. part the tough part of it all is because the Packers didn't play in the playoffs at home, they didn't shovel the stadium. So that it kept snowing and snowing and ice was building up. So when oh we won the Super Bowl and now we're gonna have this this ceremony, well none of the seats were shoveled oh. and, and it was like ice and, and chunked on and you couldn't just clear it off. So oh, it's, gosh. it's like what you're talking about earlier, needing the, uh, cardboard to stand on, except it was even worse than standing on cement. You're standing on ice Miserable. and none of the, none of the bleachers were clear. So you stood the entire time, which then the wind and, um, it was, it was very cold. I remember that. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, oh, man, so worth it. So absolutely worth yes. it. If Absolutely. if they go to another Super Bowl or when they go to another Super Bowl, if you guys come up to Green Bay, I know a place where you can stay. So, um, perfect. There you <laughs> go. Just, just make sure you hit me up. I'd be, and we could we'll go rally it. afterwards. that will be fun.
1: Watch what watch what you wish for, man.
0: Hey, I got a, I got a big enough house. Right, we can we can. I don't know if we can fit 130 in here, but we could probably fit yeah, a bunch actually, of people.
1: Really nice house. Really nice house.
0: Yeah, so, we could yeah. we could fit a, a person or two. So. I, I welcome the challenge. I should probably run by that by the boss before I do anything.
1: Yes, but. yes. That's that's the all uh, most important part, making sure the <laughs> boss is okay.
0: Speaking of which, you and Lisa are two of uh, a very exclusive club that Katie has said, yeah, they're more than welcome to stay here anytime they want.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. And you know, same with you guys when you come down to our – uh, our max pizza pod we would love to have you i
0: appreciate that i would love to go to max um so normally i i, I kind of wrap up right around now i i start with some kind of deep deep thought questions i'm pretty sure you and i could talk probably another hour or two more just to, uh based right. on how no easy doubt. conversation goes but um we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping up and see where it takes us so i usually ask more sure. deep thought questions i know you've listened to a couple i don't know uh if you've uh practiced for these or not but I try to change them every once in a while. So I'll start with the first one. (laughs) If you could take any player again from a past team, a past Packers team in their prime and add them to today's team, excluding Reggie white, who would you take and why?
1: Hands down Charles Woodson.
0: Not even a second of hesitation.
1: Not even a second. Charles Woodson. I mean, if you listen to the, uh, the players, uh, during that Super Bowl season, when you when you listen to James Jones and some of these people and uh, how he inspired not only the defense, how he inspired the offense. And uh, when he gave them a speech in that clubhouse that said, hey, watch the tape. Watch your guys' tape. They can't stop you. You guys watch. You do what you do, and you watch the tape, and that'll tell the story. You guys you know, they can't, they have nobody that could stop you. And, uh, he said, everybody watched the tape and everybody was like, guess what? They're not going to stop us. We, we've got this. And, uh, the man was such a leader that especially that particular year. And, uh, Oh my gosh. I, I it bums me out that he spent so much time with the Raiders.
0: I agree. And,
1: uh, <laughs> you know, and he's still, I know he's probably everybody considers him a Raider and all that stuff. But my goodness, man, what he did for the Packers, we, we absolutely would not have been in that Super Bowl without him. Agreed. No doubt.
0: I, You know, I really thought, and maybe this is just me being too much of a, a Charles Woodson lover, I really thought that they would have retired number 21. Um, me too. Because, because it was a very similar situation to Reggie. N- now, he wasn't a huge free agent name because no one really wanted him at the time, but he was that leadership piece, that defensive piece that you needed that guy to win the championship.
1: Yep. And yep.
0: without him it doesn't happen and I to me I mean uh I'm um, uh, whatever haha wearing it is fine whatever but I just feel like anytime I see 21 it's it's Woodson in my opinion. Oh
1: is it I mean it's crazy. Well, but unfortunately for me every time I see 80 it's it's uh it's uh Donald Driver but even though even though I know Lofton had that number as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, there's been some good Packers with that number 80. But the 21, absolutely. Every time I see anybody with a jersey 21, I'm always double-taking. Is that Woodson? Is that Woodson? Mm -hmm. And just to make sure. And and I think he would have been in the Packers Hall of Fame had he not have spent more years in Oakland than he had Green Bay. Uh, I think if it was flipped and his time in Green Bay was – much greater than it was in Oakland, I think they would have retired. But it's yeah. kind of hard when when he has played that many with Oakland. you know. Yeah.
0: I, and I bet you he'll come. I bet you, uh, I mean, I'm, he's got to be in the Packers Hall of Fame here in the near future, I would imagine. Um, he has to be. Yeah, he has to be. Yeah, I, I mean, there's if you have guys, and not to knock some of the guys, but there are some guys in there that if they're going to be in there charles woodson's a first ballot packers hall of famer yes and i don't know i mean and maybe he has the right to say no if he wants to but i can't imagine you would
1: i can't imagine either Uh, you know i'd love to know the history behind that uh because if, if he doesn't get in there if there's something more than just the fact that it's a player status like it's more political or there's something behind the scenes that we're not aware of. Yeah, you know?
0: If Brett because Favre's in there, I mean, Charles Woodson's got to be in there.
1: Exactly. Exactly. There's no doubt about it. And But his leadership abilities, my goodness. I mean, he, he just, when you watch just that Super Bowl alone, they flat out dominated Pittsburgh. And then as soon as he goes out, guess what? Pittsburgh starts moving the ball down the field.
0: Yeah, I they, mean, it
1: was obvious who that leader was.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we haven't really had a leader like that since.
1: Nope. Sure,
0: haven't you know that's sure a hard haven't. thing to replace?
1: Absolutely,
0: great answer no on that one. I absolutely love that answer. Um, next one here if you could meet any person associated with the Green Bay Packers, alive or dead, um, and have a conversation with them, I'm gonna exclude Donald Driver, I'm gonna exclude Charles Woodson on <laughs> you now, and I'm gonna exclude uh Vince Lombardi because I was getting a lot of those. Who would you take and why? Uh,
1: you know what, I I wouldn't have said this a couple of years ago, but after experiencing the whole hall of fame thing with him, I've got to say Jerry Kramer, I would love to sit down and drink a beer and (laughs) listen to him tell stories because that guy's got some incredible stories, such a likable dude. And, uh, it's man. He's just, they don't make him like that anymore. And he is just an all time classic. And, uh, Especially since you excluded Woodson and Driver. I, think,
0: so. <laughs> I I love that answer though. I mean, Jerry I've met Jerry probably four or five times, and every time you leave, you're like, Man, that is the coolest guy ever. And yes. and you, you nailed it when you said that they don't make him like that anymore because I went to a I went to a couple autograph signings uh where he was, and there's a lot of people there and Every single person, when they were getting their items signed, pretty much got a story about Lombardi and Like, you know, if you had a picture, he talked about what was going on in the picture or what, uh, what happened prior to that picture or what happened just after that picture. And painted this beautiful picture of what you were getting signed that made the piece of memorabilia so much more. Um, yes. Just yes. an absolute amazing person so you couldn't have picked a better answer there have you have you ever met him or have you had the opportunity to no, meet him
1: nope i've never had the opportunity oh I man love to meet him someday but uh if you ever hear of him being around town let me know and i'll try to make a trip up there
0: it definitely will because I'd, I'd love to go meet him again now that he's enshrined in the hall of fame i've only met him previous uh to his enshrinement so i was really gotcha. excited when he gotcha. got in
1: and then you, uh, then you and me, uh, you and Katie can uh, meet me and Lisa to see Donald Driver if he ever comes back.
0: Yeah, there you go. That would be awesome. She
1: will, she will love Donald Driver.
0: So. Well, I'm, I mean, that's that's a lot of uh, competition. I hope uh, Katie doesn't smile as big as <laughs> Lisa did when she met Donald Driver. So, uh,
1: well, I don't know. My wife got to dance with him, so it was uh, <laughs> like, oh. Uh, I got knocked off the totem pole pretty quick there.
0: <laughs> well, and I think I I think I sent you that picture of uh, when Katie met Blake Martinez, and it was yes, a very similar. Yes. It's um,
1: similar, yes.
0: So you and I, I guess, are going to just be on our own, and they're going to be off running doing their own thing.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll be hanging. T- we'll be st- listening to the Jerry Kramer tell stories. Yeah. While they're, jokes while on
0: doing them. Their thing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, great, great answers on that um next one here if you could go to any game in the history of the Green Bay Packers and I'm not gonna exclude any on you because this is the last episode uh where I have a guess which game would you choose and why
1: mm. boy 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 uh I'm gonna go weird on you uh, this is gonna gonna kind of be weird but It would depend on my memory, but if I could go back and revisit, it would probably have to be the first game that I really became consumed with the Packers when it was the Bengals-Packers and Brett Favre came out, and it was his first appearance as a Packer. I I think that would be quite something for me to see.
0: That That would be a fun one.
1: So, I mean, I can easily say, you know, one of the Super Bowls or one of the playoff games or, you know, something like that. But that's just because of the way I became a fan and how I really got involved with becoming a fan. I'd have to say being at that game would have been kind of cool.
0: Do you have or have you heard of there's a DVD set that's the top 10 Greatest games in Packers history? Have you heard of this or do you have it?
1: I no, no I do not have it. I have not heard of it either.
0: So it is literally 10 full games and one of them wow. is that game.
1: Is it really? So I guess I'm not that weird then if it's in the top 10, huh?
0: No, and this I mean in fairness this was before rogers but right. you need to invest in it one day if yes. you don't already have it because it has Absolutely. it has that game. It has the NFC Championship game from the 1996 season, uh, the Super Bowl Brett Favre uh, versus Oakland after his dad passed away. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has the 1983 Washington versus Packers high scoring Monday Night game, um, and just
1: Did have like, the Freeman game where he made that crazy catch.
0: I wish it had that one. That doesn't. That one is not on there, but. There are just so many. Uh, it has the 2007 playoffs against the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if I said that one where Ryan Grant fumbles early, and then I'll have to send you a picture of it because there's so many good games on there. That
1: I, that I wasn't mean, the Matt Hasselbeck we're going to score, was it?
0: They have that one uh, too.
1: They had that one. Yeah, that was that's a classic game. I, I wouldn't have mind being at, being at that game. That that was a classic.
0: Yeah, so I think you need to invest in that so you can rewatch that game for the, for the. Uh, for the first time since it happened, because, man, Brett Favre does some boneheaded things in that game like any young player is going to do, but you would never imagine that he's going to pull that off, given how you he know, played. It's
1: it's funny when you go back and watch some of these games, Ben, because we have legendary heroes and players and all of these things, and, and you, you almost when they retire, it's like they can do no wrong and they were the greatest ever. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I went back and it was only like three weeks ago I watched the 2010 Super Bowl again. And uh, Jordy Nelson had a ton of drops. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there were probably at least two or three catches where they should have been testing. And he just, right in his hands, and he dropped them. And uh, nobody ever touches upon things like that. Because we, you know, we go with the lore of, uh, you know, why did we get rid of Jordy? He was the greatest ever. And I'm not saying, I love Jordy. Don't get me wrong. I think he's one of my favorite Packers. But uh, it's funny. We just tend to forget about some of those crazy things that they did and how, you know, I mean, he did drop quite a few passes and, it's it's interesting when you look back.
0: Yeah, you always remember the good things, I guess, rather than the uh, which is
1: good. That's the way it should be. Exactly. That's
0: the way it should be. Exactly. You know, and even with with Favre kind of ending, in my opinion, the worst way possible being that I hate the Vikings. Mm-hmm. You still remember him fondly for the most part. Now there are times where I uh, there's another documentary which I don't know if you've listened or if you've watched called The Last Day at Lambeau. Um, which is about that whole Favre saga. And every time I watch that, it brings me back to it. Um, Yep. Which I would recommend that one as well.
1: My number one Favre moment where I'm probably still angry with him was in the playoffs with the New York Giants when he threw the interception and there was not a Packer player within 30 yards. And I'm like, what in the hell did you just do? And he just flung that sucker up there. And I'm like, "What, what was that? And I have still not gotten over that one. <laughs> was, so.
0: He was notorious for throwing those interceptions that you're like, what the, what the hell, where was that even going?
1: Exactly. It was almost like somebody paid him to do it or something. Yeah. It was so bad. It wasn't like, you know, he just missed through it and it was three feet away from the guy. It was just like we didn't have a receiver anywhere in the same zip code. Mm-hmm. And boom, it's like, what was that?
0: Yeah, I think I think it was Wayne Laravy that said, I have never seen a guy who's a first ballot Hall of Famer throw as many god awful interceptions as Brett Favre did.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Because
0: what That's he had sure. he had what, six versus the Rams one year in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Just just throwing them sure left did. and right. You know, it's it's insane. Oh, yeah. And then you have a quarterback now who's the stark opposite who a lot of people get mad because he's so conservative with the ball. Mm-hmm. It's just funny how yeah. funny how uh, time changes. You know, you you got mad at a player who would just throw it anywhere and everywhere, and now people are mad for the opposite. It's
1: well, fans always have to some. There we have, well, you were liners, man. We got something <laughs> to bitch about all the time, right?
0: You know, I, I do I do want to ask you. Do you think? Um, this is a a topic that I enjoy talking about. Do you think the successful success of the Packers has created a lot of fans that are very um. I don't know. Just like, like they they feel like they deserve more than they actually do, or that we're we're just a bunch of uh, whiners, and just I don't know. We're just kind of crybabies in a sense. Do you feel like that's well, that's kind of created a monster out of us? Uh,
1: in a way, because if you think about it, we have been so successful since 1992, and uh, you know that's you know. almost 30 years of success, and so there is a whole generation that has never experienced horrible Packer teams, Mm -hmm. and uh, they can't appreciate that, and, uh, you know, I'm a little fickle myself. There's times where I get frustrated, and I have my moments of, you know, if I'm honest with myself, I go, why did we not get rid of Ted in 2015? And start fresh, and uh, who knows what would have happened at that time? Because, and, and it sounds bad to say, but I, something happened physically to Ted that I have no idea what it was, but I think we'll find out eventually. But something happened to him where he just was not in his right mind, and uh, he his look changed, the way he cared himself changed, and it was dramatic. And then all of a sudden, you saw the team making stupid decisions. And, uh, so I, I could see where some fans would be that way. Cause like I even expressed my concerns, but yeah, you were spoiled for damn sure. And, uh, <laughs> like I said, I've, I've, I've seen some of those gloomy years when we stunk before Farb got there. And, uh, even though I wasn't diehard back then, but, uh, so many people, you look at these kids today, I mean, a lot of people at our Packer bar, I mean, there's you know twenty something year old kids that eighteen year old kids, fifteen year old kids, they've seen nothing but fantastic Packer teams, and so I think half of them are there just because they love Aaron Rodgers, and if Rodgers leaves, they may or may not be fans again. I don't know. You probably see that up here too, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah, and I'm one of those. I mean, I'm I'm going to be thirty in June, and I only know Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right.
0: You know, and that just shows how successful we've been and how spoiled we've been.
1: That's exactly. You know, when you think about that, that's incredible. Some of these teams, you know, have seen, you know, 15, 20 quarterbacks come through in that same time frame. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would imagine, you know, look at the Browns. I mean, good Lord. But now I think the Browns are set uh, to be the next Green Bay Packers, unfortunately, but, uh, you know. Only time will tell, but Mr. Dorsey has them in the right direction.
0: Yeah, it should be... uh, Either they're going to be a really exciting offense or they're going to just be a a dumpster fire of egos and some. uh, You know, it's... One of the two is going to happen.
1: Right. Yeah, there's a lot of prima donnas on that team, so we shall see what happens.
0: I'm excited to see what happens. Um, Me too. Next one here... If you could watch any game again, doesn't have to be live in person, but for the first time, having the same reactions, the same roller coaster ride, which game would you choose and why?
1: Uh, it would probably be the the playoff game uh, against the Dallas Cowboys uh, two years ago when uh, Mason Crosby had the, that winning kick and when uh, Rogers threw the ball to the sideline to Jared Cook because that is when we were really starting to develop the Packer bar and we had a huge group of fans there and it was so cool just seeing that develop at the same time we were having this incredible game and uh, some of the bonds and friendships that were developed over that year uh, of Packer football and then leading up to that playoff game was was absolutely incredible and then uh, to top it off we had one dallas cowboy fan who came to that bar just to kind of act cocky and to see us hit that field goal to win it was just oh i remember i remember that like it was yesterday so that was i would have to say that would be the game
0: that's awesome and add on top of it your hatred for the cowboys and it's a a trifecta there
1: exactly
0: (laughs) exactly that is awesome Uh, last one here for you this is usually the one that stumps the most people if you became president of the Packers tomorrow uh, having full ownership I guess where you have any authority to do whatever you want what's the first thing you would do as the quote unquote owner
1: Now you, you don't want to end this on a negative side do you
0: I mean, we can end it however you want.
1: I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, if I could do whatever I wanted, I would whew, I would probably have a deep conversation with Mark Murphy and tell him to get his stuff together. Because I think what happened, uh, you know, I don't blame it all on him, but I think kind of what happened is if you look at... When the Town district was in development and we were in those early stages uh, of of building the whole Town district, which I absolutely love, by the way, um, I think that's when we saw Murphy consumed with that side of the business. And I think he paid much less attention and he kind of let Ted run wild. And uh that's been proven because that's a lot where the comments from the players and other coaches and stuff like that. And uh, you know, that would be like kind of my situation, figuring out how to straighten out Mark Murphy, because he, he's a smart guy, he's a football guy, but I'd like to get back to basics pre title town days uh, and really focus on winning some games and, and, Getting back to that, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a really great answer. And you're you're not alone in those uh, those criticisms. I mean, if you go online, a lot of people say the same things, and a lot of people really think that Mark Murphy's trying to be the owner of the Packers and really stronghold it, but not even showing the most attention to it, and really has um, I don't know. That's He's correct. just kind of juggling too many different things, trying to keep them all afloat.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. and you know and and I'm concerned also about the whole you know gutenkunst uh, and taking him, and you know you make him kind of a it's almost like he's a uh, a puppet general manager in a way because he doesn't have the authority to, to do a whole lot, and uh you know he's got to put up with so much stuff from Murphy, and you almost wonder if Murphy was the one that picked the floor. Um, and you know, it would good to guns just went along with it or what we'll never know probably, but it's just one of the, it just seems weird. That relationship seems a little weird.
0: Right. Well, let's hope in, in three to five years, we look back on this podcast and laugh, uh, after the yes. Packers win two or three uh, more Super Bowls.
1: I am hoping that these guys make me look like the biggest fool <laughs> in the history of the NFL. So I'm, I'm really hoping that I'd be the first one to raise my hand and say, yes, I was an idiot. I would be glad to admit it. So, cause I just want these guys to do well. That's all. It's, yeah. a, it's a blast going up a training camp and it's a blast going to the games. And it's a blast getting together with our, our friends. It's, it's awesome meeting people like yourself uh, along the way. I mean, it's just, Man, it, it's just a overall great
0: experience. I agree. I've uh, I've met so many awesome people because of the Packers and because of uh, going to games and just interacting with fans. That uh, regardless if they're zero sixteen or sixteen and zero, I'm I'm so fortunate that I'm a Packers fan and able to uh, meet so many awesome fans like yourself.
1: That's right. That's right. We'll have to send you a shirt. Uh, we're going to do some more shirts here in a couple of weeks. We'll get you a shirt. Yeah,
0: up. that'd be, that'd be awesome. I'd, uh,
1: I'd, honorary Packers fan of Cincinnati. Yeah,
0: so. there you go. I'd definitely rock that. Um, cool. that's yeah. So if anyone's listening, that's in the area or is in swinging by even for the game day, head over to max, uh, max pizza, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, head over to max pizza. It's in Covington, Kentucky. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at the Packers fans of greater Cincinnati. You can find us on Packers everywhere. Uh, just, you know, look us up and shoot us a message, and let us know you're coming, and we will be glad to welcome you in. So the more, the merrier.
0: That's really that's really awesome. You know that you you Dan and Randy and uh, I know you said one other friend uh, really built that up to what it is now because as as someone who's probably in that area and doesn't have that outlet to um, experience that game day feel, now you've really built that up to provide that for them. So good on you oh, you should yeah. feel great you know you should be really proud of yourself for that
1: it's it's fantastic we have a blast and we, we've got business cards that we keep with us and we keep them in our cars and because you wouldn't believe ben how many times you'll go out to costco or the mall or something and and we'll wear one of our shirts and we'll hear go pack go and we'll look back and there's a packer fan and uh boom you got a business card and you say and it just says packer fans, greater Cincinnati." And it says, Come watch the games at Max Pizza with us. And it has our Facebook address and the address of the bar. And very non threatening. Some people are kind of like, uh, Yeah, I'm a Packer fan. What are you talking to me for? And then you <laughs> hand them a business card. They're like, What's he trying to sell me? And it's like, No, it's just a card to let you know that we'd like to come have you watch the games with us. We just have a, a great, great time doing it. So.
0: That's awesome. Um, before we end the episode, anything else you'd like to add, uh, anything you feel like we missed out on?
1: Oh gosh. Um, no, you know, I think, uh, I think you pretty much covered, you do a phenomenal job asking questions and, uh, it's, like I said, it was awesome meeting you at the, uh, shareholder meeting last year and it's, uh, I feel like it's become super cool becoming friends with you and chatting with you sharing text back and forth on what your thoughts are on this and that and uh katie as well it's been it's been a blessing meeting you guys and uh we just look forward to uh, seeing you guys again here soon
0: likewise yeah i mean that kind of turned out for the best being rained out of the shareholders meeting we had a nice dinner at title town and got to know each other um a a lot better so that was awesome
1: Kind of weird how things like that happen, huh? Yeah, let's do it and again that was, soon. That was absolutely the blackest skies I think I've ever
0: seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're racing back to my car trying to beat that storm. I didn't know Holy if we're going to make cow. it.
1: Yes, indeed. <laughs>
0: Well, as always, to end, uh, I, I do want to, before I end, I, I do want to say thanks again for coming on and being the last guest I have on the podcast. My episode's going to be next week, but I'm not interviewing myself. So uh, you are the last guest awesome. ever on the podcast. Well,
1: it's, it's a real honor, Ben. And, and thank you for uh, considering me for this. And, uh, you know, I got to say, I've enjoyed all of your other podcasts. You've done a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, I look forward to, to what you've got coming in the future. It's going to be pretty exciting.
0: I appreciate it. I'm excited as well. Um, so, to end the episode, we'll always end with a nice Go Pack Go.
1: Go Pack Go.
0: And that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for taking the time to listen. Huge thank you to Tim for taking the time to tell his story. I really appreciate it. It was awesome sitting down, getting to talk with him a little bit more. Uh, excited to see him again this season and, and get a chance to hang out again. Next week, I am joined by myself, really. Uh, I'm having a good friend of mine Named Wade, who is episode one of the Green Bay narrative, sit down and interview me to hear my story. During my conversation with Wade, uh, we talk about how I became a Packers fan, why Desmond Bishop is my favorite player, thoughts about the podcast and and how it's evolved throughout the fifty episodes, and and really just a, a nice conversation, it's a pretty lengthy one. I, I believe it was close to two hours. So. Um, But it was was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to you all hearing my story. So until next week, uh, be sure to follow me on any social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the Green Bay guy. Add me on Snapchat, the GB guy. Go over and subscribe to my YouTube page, which you can find by searching the Green Bay guy. And until next week, go Paco.